Let's turn to the book of 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, and we're going to look at the last two verses of this chapter and then <clears throat> continue reading into chapter number 5, and I want to uh, share something with you tonight that I believe will be a help to our church. It will be in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I'll begin with verse 17 and verse 18, and uh, Lord willing, uh, I'll, the Bible study this coming Wednesday night will come from chapter 5, but we won't address uh, what I'm going to uh, teach on Wednesday night this evening, uh, but I want to look at a few things that should help us uh, as a church. Pray for our young people. I know the teenagers are going to a week of camp uh, this coming uh, week, leaving tomorrow. Pray for them. The Lord will work in their heart. And the following week is another week of junior camp. And then two weeks later, I think, is another week of teen camp. <clears throat> so if we work real hard by next summer, we can just get rid of all the kids all summer. And so that's that's what we're working for. So, uh, no, pray, pray for them <clears throat> that God would do a work in uh, their heart. <clears throat> it's good for them uh, to get away from mom and dad for a little bit. It's good for mom and dad to uh, let those kids go and let God work in their heart. And so pray that God would work in their heart while uh, they're away and that have a good time, keep everybody safe. It is supposed to be very, very warm. Um, I, I'll say warm instead of hot because it sounds better. So pray for uh, safety and all that this week. First Thessalonians 4, beginning with verse number 17. <clears throat> then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. I like that verse. I don't know if you like that verse. I like that verse. Uh, the day is coming when the rapture of the church is going to take place. Uh, he is going to be in the clouds. He is going to call us home. And I, I like the fact that we are going to be with our Lord forever, but I also like it says we're going to be together with them in the clouds, those that are going on before us. Uh, we're going to be with them, uh, with the Lord. Uh, look at verse 18. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, certainly there is a lot of comfort. Uh, when we, we think of Christ's return, we think of the rapture of the church, that we're going to see our loved ones and uh, the preceding verses. And we, we've, we've been in these verses uh, here recently. Uh, we're going to leave this incorruptible, uh, this corruptible behind for the incorruptible. Uh, we're the, you know, uh, we have victory in Jesus. It's because of our victory in Jesus that we can look forward to this. And we comfort one another with these words. Let's continue reading in verse number 5. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that are right unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that the day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light, and the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of darkness. Therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet, the hope of salvation. Now look with me at verse number 14, which will be our text verse this evening. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. Tonight, I want to preach on this subject, duties for the church while awaiting Christ's return. Duties for the church while awaiting Christ's return. Jesus is coming again. We always have some duties and responsibilities, some things that we should be attending to as a church while we await his return. 
I'm going to have a word of prayer, and then I'll take the time of the introduction to make a few comments, and, uh, and then we'll get to uh, the outline. I'll just mention a few things this evening, <clears throat> and then uh, we will uh, look forward to seeing what God does for us uh, throughout the week. Father, I pray that you would uh, use your word tonight. Uh, may this thought, this reminder, uh, Father, as we do get closer to the return, as we do get closer to the day when you uh, tell your son to come bring us home, uh, Father, may we be reminded that we do have responsibilities. There are some things that we should be attending to. And Father, I pray that we as a church would be reminded tonight uh, that uh, there are some things that uh, it's expected of us. There are some things that we need to be attending to. And Father, may we be faithful to do so. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Certainly, we'll be reminded at the end of chapter 14 of uh, what we can comfort one another. I'm thankful that as a Christian and as Christians, we have those comforts. We don't like saying goodbye to those that go on before us, but we can comfort one another the fact that we're going to see them again. That is going to happen. Uh, when there's tribulations, uh, there's, 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 there's things I, I don't like what's going on. I'm not afraid of what's going on in our world. I'm not afraid of what's going on in our country because my hope is in Christ, but I don't like it. Uh, they're, they're, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like paying more for gas. I don't like the, the, the debauchery that we see uh, put into our faces. I don't like all of those things. We can continue to comfort one another. Say, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is returning. He's going to return for his church. And, so, and when he does, <clears throat> we will join him and spend eternity with him. There is comfort in that. It is wonderful for you and I to be reminded that Jesus is coming again. It's wonderful for you and I to be reminded that we are going to see our loved ones who have gone on before us again. It's wonderful for you and I to be reminded. Matter of fact, we're admonished to, rem to remind one another we're leaving all this behind. Uh, what's going to happen in, in, when, when, when this takes place and this takes place? I'm not going to be here, and so I'm going to be with my Lord. I'm going to be in my incorruptible body. I'm going to be with loved ones. We are going to be together. <clears throat> that should be our focus. Uh, we should be trying to do what we're supposed to do, faithful to be what we're supposed to be, uh, faithful to the Word of God. <clears throat> but we ought to comfort one another with these words. In, a, in, a, in essence, Jesus coming again is our rallying cry. It's what we, we focus on. It's what we look for. Many times we are good about saying, hey, we're going to see them again. Hey, we're leaving all this behind. This is, this is, this is not uh, the, the reality of what we're going to have to deal with. Hey, we're, we, you have your aches and pains and disease and, and disappointments and all those things. One day we're leaving the corruptible behind and we're going to have the incorruptible. Uh, we should encourage one another, but so many times we stop with that. And what I mean by that, we need to continue into chapter 5 and be reminded that we're supposed to be watching. Uh, part of watching is encouraging one another, keeping our focus on what our focus should be. But several times, and we, and we look in the scripture, and we're reminded that the Lord is going to come as a thief in the night. He's not going to announce on such and such a day he's coming. He's just going to appear. And those who have put it off, put off their salvation, those who have rejected the message of salvation, it'll be too late for them. That's why you, it must, if you're not saved tonight, you need to get that settled tonight. Well, I have, I have time. We're not promised tomorrow, and Jesus could return tonight. He could call us home tonight. You need to have your salvation settled. There's somebody you know that's lost, and the Lord's been impressing upon you to be a witness. You need to go witness to them. 
Well, I, well, I've already witnessed him. Witnessed him one more time because Jesus is coming back. We're reminded of that. Verse number six. Therefore, we're reminded that we're children of the light. We're not in darkness. We have the light. Verse six. Therefore, let us sleep. Let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. That word sober, serious-minded. We ought to be seriously focused on the fact that Jesus could come back this evening. We ought to be watching. That doesn't mean that we all go by a telescope and we get out and and be watching and say, you know, we're watching, we're going to be able to see him. him. Something tells me when Jesus appears in the clouds, we're going to see him. We're going to know he's there. Uh, We're going to join him in the clouds. But what that means is we should be paying attention. We should be vigilant. We should be vigilant. As I preached this morning about obeying our Heavenly Father, depending on him uh, uh, every single day. Why? That brings glory to God. It brings glory to our Heavenly Father. But it also keeps us where we should be because Jesus could return today. I don't want to be out of fellowship with my Lord when the day that Jesus appears. We need to watch and be sober. Verse number 8. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. We ought to be serious-minded about the things of God, yes. Serious-minded about our walk with the Lord, yes. Serious-minded as a church. Serious-minded as God's people. Jesus is coming back. I believe many times, sometimes we make this mistake, and in, in, let, me, let, me, let me lay it out before, before we draw the conclusion. We make the mistake. The mistake is not in saying and comforting one another. Uh, boy, it's, it's sometimes you don't know what to say, but you can say, you know, we're, we're going to be with the Lord one day. We're leaving all this behind. Relationships will be right then. We'll have that re- reunion God's going to make everything right. We look forward to that day. We comfort one another. But I'm afraid we don't admonish one another. We're going to get to this in just a moment about being sober, serious-minded, watching for him, vigilant for him. Um, I'm afraid, and I've alluded to this many times for the last couple of years, we as Christians are paying a lot more to what's going on down here than, what we're, what, than watching for our, the return of our Lord. Uh, I'm not saying stick your head in the sand and not, not realize what's going on. You ought to pay attention to what's going on, but in relation to the fact that Jesus is coming back. I like to see what's going on because, man, we're just close, we're close, we're close, we're close. He could return today. That ought to excite us. We ought to be what If you're watching for Christ to come back, truly serious-minded about it, it will affect your walk with him. It will affect your faithfulness. That's why God is not going to let anybody know when it is. Only he knows when that day is. And you have all these through the, through, through the years, different years. Say It's going to be on this time. It's going to be on this time. They don't know. And that's been proven because they have to keep, you know, putting out a, a, another revision of their book, you know. Uh, you know, I recalculated and it's going to be here and here and here and here. Uh, that nobody knows. But if we knew, oh, we'd get everything in order, wouldn't we? Oh, he's going to be, he's coming. We're going to, we have to get everything. I've got time to get it all together, but the but Bible tells us we don't know when he's coming, so we don't have the time we think we have. And so if I am sober-minded, if I am serious, if I am watching 
for the return of my Savior, it's going to affect everything I do from day to day. It'll affect the church and what the church does. It'll affect our mindset. We as pastors and preachers, we need, to be, we need to remind one another, we need to remind the church, and we need to, uh, quite frankly, preach more and more on the second coming of Christ, how he's coming again, and we need to be prepared, we need to be ready. So I want us to always comfort one another with the fact that Jesus is coming back. I want us to comfort one another with the fact our loved ones are going to be with him, and we're going to join them in the clouds, and there'll be no separation in eternity. We will be with our Lord. We'll be with those who have gone on before us. Comfort one another. As, as things get messier and messier down here, um, you, we like to think that prices can't go any higher. We like to think that gas can't cost more. We like to think our society can't go further than it's already gone. We like to think that you know, they can't really target those they want to target we, we, we can't, they can't, we can't really, oh, friend, it really can. What are, we, what are we to do? We're to comfort one another. Hey, we're leaving all this behind, and we're going to join our Lord. But not only should we comfort one another, we have, a, we have a, a command, an admonishment to watch and be sober. Let me ask you a question. I'll give you the outline of, of, our, of our duties, the church's uh, duties and responsibilities awaiting his return. Are you serious about watching for the Lord? Are you sober-minded? Um, that's why Paul also warns us not to get entangled with the affairs of this world. Because the more entangled we get with the things of this world, they may not be bad things, they may not even be evil things, but they may not be heavenly things. And the more we get entangled with this world, the less likely we are to watch. I don't want anything to come into my life that's going to keep my eyes off of the sky, to keep my eyes watching for my Savior to return. So uh, we need to be, be faithful to watch and be sober, not just comfort one another. We should do that. We ought to be watching for our Lord. In the morning we get up, we get ready for our day, we ought to spend time with our God, spend time in the Word of God, spend time in prayer, uh, get our day started off, off right. Say, Pastor, I barely get to work on time. Get up earlier, uh, spend some time with the Lord, turn the radio off on your way to, to, to work, and, and, uh, and uh, just spend some time with the Lord in prayer. And if you work at home, we'll just... You don't have to still turn the radio off, but, but spend some time with him in the morning. Um, prepare yourself for the day, but throughout the day, we need, to be, we, need to, we need to put everything through the filter of Jesus coming back. He could come today. Now, what is, and with all that in mind, we're reminded that there are some duties for the church. If we're going to be sober-minded, if we're going to watch for him as God's church, the church is going to be raptured. Jesus is coming for his church. We as his church, what is a church? The Bible, this word, as the scripture describes it, it is a called out assembly. How are we called out? We are saved out of this world. That's why we have the hope of heaven. That's why we have the hope of, the, of Christ's return. Because we've been saved out of this world with a purpose. He's coming for his church. The church has responsibilities. We know the church has responsibilities. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, we see the responsibility to preach the world, all the, all, uh, preach the gospel to all the world. We have the responsibility. The church has responsibilities to be the light. The salt, as we talked about a little bit this morning, we have those responsibilities. But we also, with 
the, the coming of the Lord in mind, in verse number 14, notice what the Bible says. When Paul writes, he says, now we exhort you, brethren. He is speaking collectively to the church. So now as we are getting admonished as he is speaking, notice what he says. He says, Four different things, and I'm going to break them down. Warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. Okay? As we comfort one another, the fact that Jesus is coming again. As we are serious-minded, as we're sober, we're watching for his return. We are, we are anticipating Christ's return. Um, I'll, I'll, yeah, I don't want to. Okay, I'm going to do it. As kids look for Santa Claus on Christmas Eve how excited they are and they're watching and they see i mean i'm taking credit for the gifts under the tree in my house but anyway you know you know it's you know it's you know, as they're watching and they're watching for him to come and this and that the anticipation and the anxiety you know even more so even more so should god's people god's people be looking for his return is he coming today is today going to be the day is the trumpet going to sound today are we being called home today while we're watching and serious about this, we are told, let me give them to you, uh, some duties for the church. Watching for his return is not just sitting back twiddling our thumbs. It's not just, I'm saved, I'm thankful that I was saved, and so I'm just going to sit and wait for him to call us home. That is not what it means. And we have here, Scripture exhorts the brethren, and that's say number one, admonish the unfaithful that's what he means he says warn them that are unruly he is speaking of those who were saved those who were within the church but they're not faithful he says admonish warn them that are unruly uh, part of the responsibility of a pastor is to remind those that are not faithful to admonish them to be more faithful iron sharp sharpeneth iron we should set an example of faithfulness so that brothers and sisters in Christ are, we're reminded, I need to be faithful. Don't get upset if you're not faithful and somebody comes to you and say, hey, I missed you. Where were you? Don't, don't, be, don't, be, don't get offended. Uh, when, when, the, when the pastor gets up here, sometimes they say, some of you are shirking what you know you ought to be doing. Some of you aren't being as faithful as you should be, and this is a faithful church. I know that. But uh, it, we're, we're foolish to think that everybody is always doing everything they're supposed to do with a child of God. No, part of the responsibility of the church while we're waiting for him, while we're watching for him, is those that are unfaithful say, hey, you need to be more faithful. You need to be where you're supposed to be. Hey, come, 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 come sit with me or come go visiting with me or, 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 or we, need to, we need to make sure that we're giving as we should give and encourage one and encourage the unfaithful. Uh, let me say this, if, you, if you're not as faithful as you should be, Here's your admonishment to be more faithful. This likens to not keeping the rank as soldiers. We have won wars. Many, many of God's been good to us. And boy, our nation has won wars and won our freedom and won the freedom for others. And we could not have done that, quite frankly if our soldiers through the centuries 
have take, took their responsibilities like a lot of Christians do in the church. And the connotation is, as soldiers of God, we're waiting on Christ to call us home. We need to be faithful, friend. There is a battle for the souls of men. The church is the called out assembly. We have been called out for God. This world should see the church as a city on a hill, as a light in this world. And when one person is not as faithful as they should be, it hurts the church. This is a great church. I believe it's the greatest church uh, it, it, that, 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 that you can attend. See, Pastor, uh, well, if you didn't feel that way, I'd go to that church. But I, aren't you glad I feel that way? I, I mean, I love this church. This is a faithful church. This is a church that God has blessed has made sacrifices for the cause of Christ. But not everybody is on board like they should be on board. Not everybody attends as they should attend. Not every, say, well, I just, pastor's going to give me a hard time. We are admonished. If you're, if, you're, if you're not as faithful, if you're unfaithful in an area, get to where you're supposed to be. Why? Because as the church, we're to be serious about Christ returning. And if he's coming back, and he is, and we believe that, then we know the hour is short. We know there's a lost world that needs to be reached. And we need everybody to be doing everything they're supposed to do. This is an above-average church in its attendance. The percentage of members who attend faithfully. But could you imagine if everybody was where they were supposed to be every time they were supposed to be there? This is above average church when it comes to percentage of tithers and those that give. But I, t I guarantee you, not everybody's tithing. I didn't get any amens on that. Not everybody's giving to missions. Not everybody's keeping their commitments when it comes to giving. Could you imagine if every... Christian determined, I'm not going to rob God. I'm going to give to the work of God. Well, Pastor, why can't we move a little bit faster? Well, I'm thankful that we're moving at the pace we are, and I believe God has orchestrated it. But if every member that was on the roll of the Emmanuel Baptist Church was in their place every single week, and they put that tithe in there, they gave to missions, well, we can't reach the world. Well, we can support more missionaries if more people gave. It's sad that in the United States, and you've heard this quoted before by me and others, that Americans spend more money on dog food than they do giving to missions. We are to admonish the unfaithful. So consider that. If you're not giving as you should give, consider that your admonishment tonight. Say, well, well I just can't. All, all those Baptist preachers want is, is money. No, I want to do more for the cause of Christ. I want to do more to bring honor and glory to his name. I want to have more hooks in the water, if you will, to reach people with the gospel. I want to have more avenues to help families that are falling apart and struggling. And I want to, I want to be able to do more for the cause of Christ. I'd like to send more missionaries to support more missionaries. And we're to admonish to be faithful. Why? Because he is returning. So that's one of the duties. This idea today that you got to make everybody feel good and comfortable, that is not what the Scripture teaches. When we come together, uh, and we're not being what we're supposed to do when you're around others who are doing it, it ought to put some pressure on us. It ought to put the right kind of pressure on us. And so uh, we ought to be where we're supposed to be, doing what we're supposed to do. That's one of the responsibilities. 
is to admonish the unfaithful. It's because it's not keeping ranks. There's, there's souls at stake. There, there's, there are families that can be helped. There are marriages that can stay together. There are children that could be reared for the honor and glory of God. So we're to admonish the unfaithful. Notice what he says next. He says, comfort the feeble-minded. Now, I will go ahead and define this so that you don't just assume it means something else. We see number two, we're to comfort the discouraged. That word feeble-minded is not just talking about those who may be where they're out of their mind. I know there's a thousand jokes. Well, Bible talks about our president. Uh, you, know, you know, that's not what it's talking about. I preached on that a few Sundays ago when I preached on reprobate. But this is, this is a completely different admon, uh, uh, admonition. It's those that are discouraged. Say, Pastor, what, how, how, how do you get that? That feeble, feeble-minded, they're weak in their mind. When you get discouraged as a Christian, you're discouraged here first. The devil puts doubts in your mind that are contrary to this book. Your flesh focuses more on a problem than God's solution. I've said this many times recently. I'm going to say it again tonight. You ought to trust what God says in this book above what you see with your own eyes. Trust what God says more than what you can see, more than what you can hear, or more than what you can touch. Because God's word is what we depend on. That's why you need to guard your mind. That's why you need to be careful what you listen to. You need to be careful who you listen to. There are people who will discourage you and get your eyes off of the Lord. Get your eyes off of problems. This is, I'll give you an example, and this is me. This is what something I did. If, if, if it's not what you need to do, then don't do it. But I, 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 after the last election cycle and all that, I don't listen to anything political. I decided I can't, I can't buy a new TV every week because I keep, I'm going to break it that week and break it that week. I know what it does to me. So I'm going to guard this so that I don't get feeble in my mind. When I look at things in this world, I want, I want, I want my family, I want my, my church people to be able to look in my eyes and see the fire, if you will, see the confidence in this book because I keep my mind strong. Your mind is going to get feeble or weak if you're not filling it with this book. You ought to fill it with the Word of God. What are we to do as a church as we are watching for his return? We are, we are, we are encouraging one another to say, hey, Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. He's going to return. And, 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 and if that's not good enough, he's going to have our loved ones with him. And if that's not good enough, we're going to shed this corruptible, put on incorruptible, and leave all these problems behind. We encourage one another, but we as God's church have a responsibility to comfort those. How can you comfort if you're in the same situation they are? Not everybody's going to have the same amount of faith. And if we're honest, there are times when our faith is strong and others are weak. And then there's times when our faith is weak. 
we're to comfort those who are weak in the that's why you need to protect yourself but we're also to give comfort to those who are weak in the mind there's something for you to file away too and to remember when you you keep yourself from getting discouraged guard your mind you're discouraging your mind first you 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 think of peter comes to mind when when the lord bid him to come and walk on the water and he went out on that water he began to look at every the storm and he began to sink how many times do we get discouraged in our own because we we don't have what's in our mind guard your mind that's why you have to be very very careful who you listen to very very careful what you what you see on social media very very careful what you read very very careful uh, uh, the things that come into your mind why because uh, you don't want to get weak in the mind discouraged but we're supposed to comfort those how do we comfort them we comfort them with the word of God we comfort by pointing them to the things that they can depend on I think sometimes we admonish those that we should not admonish and we comfort those who we should not comfort and let me just interject this here before I move on to the next point too many times in Bible-believing churches, we comfort those who are unfaithful. And we admonish those who are weak in the faith. That's unscriptural. And it hurts God's church. There's nothing wrong with admonishing those who are unfaithful. Matter of fact, we're told to do it. Now, we do it with love and we do it with grace. We do all those things. It's, it's the concept of the iron sharpening the iron. And somebody needs to just point out, hey, we need to be what we're supposed to be, doing what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to comfort those that are weak. But many times we get that backwards because somebody's weak. is like, well, you should just be a better Christian. Get out of here. No, that's what the church is for. There's been times for all of us when we've been weak in the faith. But as we're awaiting Christ's return, we comfort one another. Say, hey, it's going to be okay. Jesus is coming back. It's going to be okay. God's word is true. It's going to be okay. We're his church. We have, we have, a, we have a task and responsibility. Number three, notice what? He says, he says, after comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak. I believe what he's speaking of there is, and I'll say number three, bear, we ought to bear the burdens of others. One of the, there's so many things that we ought to be thankful for the church tonight. But we all get weak because of the burdens we bear. If we were to take somebody who is physically strong and then we laden them with weight, we burden them, they can go for a little while, but eventually that strength they have is going to wane. It's going to wane sooner when they have a burden than if they didn't have the burden. We ought to have the mindset that we want to keep everybody in the race. We want, as God's church, we're to help one another. That's why it's important that to be, make sure that you're faithful to, to, to God's church because you're a, you're a help to somebody else and somebody can be a help to you. That's why it's important for you to have a pastor, to have a church family, have a church home because all of us, before Jesus comes back or he calls us home, are going to have burdens that we need help with. So what are we to do as we comfort one another? Let's not have this kind of Christianity. Oh, you see, you see one of our, our brothers and sisters in Christ burden say, Oh, you got that burden? Oh, I, I see this a heavy burden. Let me comfort you with the fact that Jesus is coming back. Well, that don't help them carry that burden that day. So what are we to do? Help them bear the burden. 
How do we do that? Encouragement, kindness, prayer. Prayer. Oh, I know so many of our church family are bearing burdens. And you say, Pastor, this is what's going on in my life. This is what I'm dealing with. This is the health that I'm facing. These are the circumstances that I'm dealing with. And if I had the power to remove it, I would do it. But I don't have that power. So how, am I, how can I help people I love stay in the fight, stay in the race, bear that burden? I can take them to the Lord and say, Lord, strengthen them. I pray you remove the burden. I pray you remove the, 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 the thing that they carry and they deal with. I pray that you'll heal them. I pray that you'll change the circumstances. But if you choose not to, give them their strength to continue. Give them the strength to get through it. Oh, if we would be serious about praying for one another, what a difference it would make. We are to support the weak. Sometimes just a kind word, a smile. Say, but pastor, I'm burdened. Let me tell you how to help yourself with your burden. Help somebody else with theirs. Did you know what it'll do? It'll help you forget about church for a little bit. And you'll find that God will strengthen you as you try and strengthen somebody else. Well, there's, I might be facing something. There's, humanly speaking, there's nothing I can do about it. This is, this is the way it is. There's some things that I can't change. There might be some disappointments. There might be circumstances might end up the way it didn't or maybe help things, and I might not be able to do some of the things I can do, but I can help somebody else carry their burden. And when we do that, the church is strengthened. The church is helped. See, it's a good thing for us to come to church to get something from God because we need that. But it's a good thing for us to come to church to strengthen God's church. I, I, I want my presence to say that I'm here to help God's church. And we ought to do that by bearing the burdens of others. Then number four, he says, be patient toward all men. Number four is to be long-suffering towards all. Long-suffering towards all. There's an old saying, preachers of the past generation remind us of it, and I don't know where, where it originated but be kind to everybody because everybody's having a tough time. You're not the only one in the history of the world who's had a bad day. But I, I know, Pastor, but my day's worse than their day. There's no, there's no prizes for having the worst day. Uh, you know, and, and I, I wouldn't dare minimize somebody else's bad day or what somebody else is going through. But we need to be reminded, we need to be long-suffering toward everybody. We ought to convict us and it ought to bother us how we treat our brothers and sisters in Christ. We ought to treat our family, those who live in our home, we ought to treat them better than we treat anybody. But our church family... It's a sad thing when you treat people better that you don't even know than you do your church family. When you're kind to the strangers and, well, I know they didn't, I, I encountered them in this store and I know they didn't mean it, but yet when we brush up against somebody at church, I, kn I know. 
I know they were trying to knock me over. With an attitude like that, maybe. I, I know that they were. No, man, that's, that's got to be a miserable way to live. The people you go to church with are always suspicious of them. We're going to be long-suffering toward all men. Why? Because Jesus is coming back. We as a church, we have a responsibility to watch for him, to be serious-minded. It's okay for us to inconvenience ourselves to extend some grace and long-suffering to somebody else. We used to call that being a Christian. We used to call that being Christ-like. Now it's like, i got to get even, or i got to let everybody know what really happened. We're to be long-suffering towards all men. That doesn't mean just your best buds. That doesn't mean your group that you always sit with. It doesn't mean, well, well, well these, these people who I, who I, I know their hearts. First of all, you don't. Second of all, uh, we make assumptions about our brothers and sisters of Christ. We should, and we should be long-suffering. And by the way, you may be right about them, but that Bible has nothing, says nothing about that other than you should be long-suffering. You should be patient toward all men. Well, we ought to be patient with everybody. You know, because we're all living in the same world. There are people in here who have burdens that you don't know about. And if you knew, you'd extend a little more grace. Sometimes I know it's a, I don't know why pastor puts up, because pastor might know something about their situation that you don't know. And I want everybody who's a member of the Emmanuel Baptist Church I want us all called home together. I want nobody falling by the wayside. I want everybody seeing their Savior, whether it's in the clouds or he calls us home through that portal of death. I want everybody to be faithful, serving, doing the best they can. And if it means extending a little grace, that's what we ought to do. If it means bearing their burden, that's what we ought to do. Because as a church, we ought to be watching for his return. Yes, comfort one another. And that's, that's been great comfort in my life. And as a pastor, I've comforted many of you. Hey, Jesus is coming again, and when he comes, we're leaving all these problems behind. Your body's not going to be diseased anymore. And your loved one you miss, they're going to be in the clouds with him, and we're dropping this corruption, and we're getting incorruption, and, and there won't be a sting of death anymore, and we'll be with our Savior. And we can comfort one another, but we're admonished that as God's church, we ought to be sober, serious-minded, watching, and we're given duties and responsibilities that are just as much Scripture as John 3.16. What are we to do as a church? With a church, we're to be faithful. The church is to be faithful. It means I need to be faithful. It means every one of us needs to approach it that way. I need to be faithful as part of the Emmanuel Baptist Church. The church is counting on me. But I need to help somebody else in their faithfulness. Say, well, I haven't, 
I have, I have, I have missed somebody. They haven't been, why, why don't you follow up on them? That's why when we win somebody, somebody comes for the first time, say, well, I hope they come back. Why don't you see to it they come back? Well, well, I, I, I visited them one time, visited them two. Well, I hope they find a friend, you be a friend. I hope they find a seat, you give up your seat. Hey, I want the church to thrive. I want the church to move forward. I want the church to be making a difference when that trumpet does sound. And when Jesus does come back, I want all God's people, I want everybody who's a part of the Emmanuel Baptist Church to be serving. doesn't mean we don't have problems. we got to look around. Doesn't mean we're always on top side. I mean, it doesn't mean we're always faithful as we should be, but I'm thankful that we can lean on one another. And part of being somebody that can lean on me, I will love you, I will extend grace to you, but I'm not going to encourage you in your unfaithfulness. I, th- I, I think you know me well enough, and even those who ought to be here tonight, and, and, are, and they should be. They know me well enough that I'll be kind to them, I will love them, I will pray for them, but I'm going to tell them the truth. I'm going to remind them where they ought to be. We're supposed to do that. This nonsense today, well, we don't want to make him. No, I want them to know. Why? Because I want to be right. I want, I want somebody to encourage me. I want somebody, you know, won't you come to church? Say, I don't have a ministry. I, don't, I can't sing I'm not testifying, but it is true. I can't serve in that capacity. I hate kids, so I don't want to work in the nursery. I, you know, the, I, I, don't, I don't want to, you know, usher is really not my thing. I'm not carnal enough to be an usher, so I, I can't do that. Now that you're thinking about it, you're like, you know what, that is true, Pastor. I'm not sure what you do. Why don't you come in the church door saying, whose burden can I make just a little bit lighter? Whose whose walk can I straighten a little bit? Because I spoke to them. Because I was a blessing to them. Uh, Boy, we want to help one another. I think we're going to be amazed when we get to heaven and it's revealed who actually made the biggest difference in the life of others. Those who prayed, helped sustain the weak. Those who encouraged. Those who were faithful, never budging, never even in our weakness. We said, this is where I'm supposed to be. I'm going to drag myself there, and I'm going to be there. Oh, it's, I'm anticipating Christ's return. He could come back tonight. Tomorrow as that sun picks up over the horizon, tomorrow could be the day that trumpet sounds and Jesus calls us home. We need to be ready. But we need to determine as God's church that there's some duties. We're going to check these boxes every opportunity we have. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to be faithful. But you know what? I'm going to admonish. Hey, you need to be faithful. You need to be where you're supposed to be. Well, they might get offended. We have a responsibility to admonish, encourage. Don't be a jerk. Don't be a Pharisee. 
But we ought to encourage one another to be faithful, do what we're supposed to do. Part of the responsibility of this pastor is to encourage all of us and encourage faithfulness. Admonish us when we're not right. Admonish us. You know, how does, let me use, use something that, that is near and dear to the heart of many people. Uh, let me use sports. You take those, you, you, take, you take a football game, and then those coaches watch the film, and they get those guys in there and say, you missed this block. In front of everybody. You know what they do? If they want to stay on the team, if they want to win, they make a note and they say, I'm going to get that next time. Why? Because they want the team to do well. Well, when we, the Spirit of God convicts us about something, let's get it right because the, God's team needs each and every one of us. Let's be what we're supposed to be because we need to be right. But let's be what we're supposed to be so we can help somebody else in their walk with the Lord. Let's determine to be faithful. Hey, comfort one another. If it gets worse this week, there's chances are, the way things are going, it's pro- something's probably going to happen. It's probably going to get worse. But don't be discouraged, Christian. We're told it's going to get worse. We're told, though, that that trumpet is going to sound. Jesus is coming to get his church. He's coming to get the redeemed. He's bringing our loved ones, leaving all these problems behind. Comfort one another with that. Comfort yourself with that. But we're supposed to be sober, serious-minded. We're supposed to watch. If I'm focused on him, I'm focused on my walk with him, then I'm paying attention to spiritual things. I'm watching for him. It's hard to watch for Christ when you're involved in things that Christians should not be involved in. When our walk is not what it should be. See, how, how do I do that? You just get closer to the Lord, and then you start saying, man, I just want to be with him more. I want to spend more time with him. I'm going to watch for his return. Let's encourage somebody along the way. Find somebody this week you can encourage. Sometimes Christians, I think, I think they think, they'd say, I'm called to the ministry of discouragement. Uh, we chuckle at that, but sad when true. We ought to be, all of us, all of us ought to be in the ministry of burden bearing, encouragement. Why don't you, in just a moment, we're going to stand to our feet and we'll have our invitation dismissed. Why don't you look around and find somebody you're going to pray for? that you're currently not praying for. Or maybe somebody you're reminded because of this message and the emphasis of the burden that they're bearing that you're going to pray for them. Say, well, I don't know their name. Say, say, guy in the blue shirt with the red tie. God knows who you're talking about. But let's, let's make a difference in the life of somebody. Come to church Wednesday night with a smile on your face. I'm tired. Put a smile on your face anyway. Well, I'm hungry. Put a smile on your face. Think about what you're going to eat after church. Put a, do whatever you got to do. Put a smile on your face and speak to others and encourage. And somebody new comes into church, introduce yourself and, and get to know them and make them feel apart. And let's help each other along the way. So that when that trumpet sounds, we as God's church have done what we are expected to do. Father, help us as we consider these things. May.